0: I'm like, just I can't I kill like one or two beasts and get everything I need. No, I gotta go kill the thing like 20 times. Ugh. Good morning and welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm your host, Rebecca, and joining me today is Daniel Shea and Farris. This podcast is where we recap the game events happening around the DFW area and beyond, as well as look back at the topics that took over the VGOCC last week. <laughs> I'm so happy you're back, David. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you've been yeah. you've been missing. Yeah. And Daniel's been filling in for you. Actually, we just kinda hijacked him and brought him in and said, fill in. <laughs> so well, I'm I'm happy
1: to be back. I've been really busy and out of bit of a bit for the past know how long it's been now, but uh, yeah, I'm
0: happy to be back. Thanks for having me. back. Oh, well, good. Yeah. So you got a lot to catch up on. Hopefully it's not too loud with the people downstairs. All right. Uh, so let's look at past events. Uh, last Tuesday, which is the end of August, what we had our beer club, which was really cool. We were just catching up. We had a whole bunch of regulars that hadn't showed up for a while get show back up. And just kind of going through the things, talking about games we've played recently, new ones that have come out, what we, did, what we liked about them, what we didn't like about them. Uh, we got into the parts about narrative in games and how the mechanics can either help or hurt it. And we got particularly one we were talking about was uh, Heavy Rain and the connection that you have with some characters. For me, it was Detroit Human and how I didn't connect with some characters versus others. So that was very fun. Had a huge blast. Uh, then we had the cartridge jam with, on Wednesday. Daniel, you did some games on that.
2: It was a lot of fun to see all the, was a lot of, a lot of fun projects that people put together. There was one um, the guys Polly and I put together a game where <laughs> where you play as a uh, like a giraffe with like a really wobbly head, and your objective is to pick up and deliver mail, but like. So like the left analog stick controls movement forward, back, left, right, all that stuff, and the right joystick just controls your wobbly head. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, there were a bunch of bunch of fun projects. Oh so, wow, wow, mm-hmm. awesome! Uh, and then it was a very busy week last week because we also had Dallas Indie, Indie blah, blah, blah. Dallas Indie Game Night with the Inner Gamer at Community Beer Company. And this past weekend was also PAX, PAX West. Uh, So there's a lot of things going on. At the community beer, they had things like, uh, at the indie game night, they had things like Mystic Melee, Mowing and Throwing, Overcooked, and a couple other games. They were bringing out a whole lot of indies from the area and inviting people out to have some fun. Um, Did you guys get any news or see anything from PAX West that you guys were super excited about? I know uh, Cyberpunk got talked about a little. The the gameplay
1: trailer that came out is incredible. Um, Everybody I've talked to that has watched it and stuff like that is just super excited for it. I know I'm super excited for it. Um, uh, We were talking about uh, Telltale made some announcements uh, and did some teasers that kind of had the community abuzz um, if you're a Telltale person. But, yeah, I don't know. There were just some good uh, good game announcements.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. There's another topic on it, but I'm going to save it for a little bit because it goes into one of our topics that we, that we talked about throughout the week. And so that is about everything. So let's take a look at what's coming up next. Three, two, three. Upcoming event. Upcoming events. Upcoming event. Upcoming event. It's the second Thursday of every month. It's the Game Dev Drink Up over at Victory Park. So if you guys are looking to get some drinking on while having some fun with some other indies in the or other devs in the area, definitely come out. It's that's, always a great time. That's in two weeks, not this week, but the following week. Isn't that no? This is the sec. This is the first Thursday. It's the second Thursday. It's the second Thursday. Right. It's next week. Yeah.
2: I thought you were talking about this week. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll take
0: collars now. Yeah. yeah my, my <laughs> Uh, we have that going on. Also, Dallas Society of Play has announced that they will be doing their micro-talks. So if you have a topic that you want to share, it's on it's on September 10th. So if you have something that you want to share, something about uh, game games that you want to talk about, something, an experience that you had, if you want to share some knowledge, let them know. They take talks. that do about five to 15 minutes. It's five to 15 minutes long. They do ask that you sign up beforehand so they can kind of figure out what it is you're talking about and whether or not you'll be able to fit in with that with that crowd. Um, so that's awesome. Then you have a bunch of short guys conference finally happening this month. We've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, and I had Vince on last week to talk about it. I, I for. Mm, We lost the show, the first half of the show. I feel so bad because this is the second time that Kevin's been on a podcast and he got lost (laughs) the episode and it got lost. Uh, So we still had the second half, which was with Vince from A Bunch of Short Guys, and he was talking about Industry Giants. One of the things that I really like that they're going to be doing this year is a portfolio review so they're going to have some professionals from the industry come out and take a look at your portfolio this is not a job he's very adamant this is not a job interview this is just a portfolio review professionals look at your stuff and give you some help on how to improve your portfolio Uh, so they have that going on and that is september 22nd and we're going to be there after the podcast vince invited (laughs) invited uh dlc out to come and be a part of the conference so we might be there doing some live on the ground interviews with people so that'll be fun Uh, so stay tuned for that and that about wraps up everything that i know that's going to happen soon (laughs) so let's get on into the recap
2: recap
0: All right, like we said, uh, so I'm just going to condense all the days down into one. Um, This is what we've been doing over the last couple couple of podcasts, so I'm just going to condense them all into one. We have a couple of game announcements. One of them was Cyberpunk, the trailer, Cyberpunk 2077. We also had Streets of Rage 4 was announced. And last time on the episode that didn't get released, but will be released as a lost episode. <laughs> on that episode, we talked about a rumor that we had heard about Microsoft doing sort of like a payment plan for Xbox and including in it things like game games, uh, what do they call it? Gearbox, Gearbox Live, <sighs> Xbox Live, Xbox Live and the Xbox Game Pass. And it's going to be like a finance that you can do uh, so it was finally announced. It's actually happening. We've, the announcement broke around the same time that we ended the podcast last week. So it's really cool to actually see it be a thing and yeah. not just be rumors on the vine. Um, we knew it before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's why you should trust us for all your gaming news. <laughs>
0: uh, and then I put this one in the Discord for you, David. Uh, oh, yeah. Normally, we avoid this topic because of the can of worms it normally opens. Oh
1: i already
0: know what you're talking about without even seeing it <laughs> so uh i'll bring up the article real quick or not because internet sucks uh belgium has officially announced that loot boxes are gambling is gambling are gambling is gambling and they cited a whole bunch of companies in their thing one of them being blizzard so blizzard has announced that they will. Kind of pull back on their loot box for Overwatch and other and their other games, um, and other game and other ones that were announced or some other ones that were announced was EA, Valve, Blizzard, and possibly 2K Games. All of them having some sort of uh, loot box system in them. So they have come out. It's Belgium and I believe another nation, Netherlands, that have both said that loot box is gambling. I
1: hope I hope Germany announces one too, so then we can call them. <laughs> Please, okay, no. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please, no. Please, uh, no. When I asked about it, Blizzard said that they were very confused by the news. They weren't exactly sure why, um, but they're going to respect the law and we'll pull back on it. So that's kind of cool. I thought that might be something you would like to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I agree with them, but uh, I know some people disagree with my agreements. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's interesting um, to see kind of the news. I mean, already EA has pulled back a bit from the
3: kind of choices within Battlefront and stuff like that, but they've even now announced that they're starting
1: to incorporate them back into the uh, game, and in a lot of their sports games, nothing ever changed. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward, mm. um, especially if there's more cases like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, Actually, I think...
1: I'm just glad that the new Spider-Man game coming out on Friday doesn't have loot
0: blue button.
1: It does have
2: puddles. It does have
1: puddles. <laughs> and then doesn't have puddles. Yeah. And there's a whole controversy
0: over it. Uh, you know what? I'm completely in the dark, and I'm going to leave oh, that for later on. It's a Friday discussion. That's right. <laughs> so why don't we say that when I get through the half of the list that we have here? Uh, Oh, so this is a little bit sad. Kind of segue off off of um, sports. uh, The mass shooting at the Madden tournament. So last... Not this weekend, but the weekend before last, there was a shooting at a Madden tournament. And uh, it was rumored... At the time, it was rumored that there were three dead. Since then, it has been announced that there have been two that was killed. And 13 in total that were... That were... Injured. Injured. Um, The guy... We're not going to talk too much about it because, like, it's it's sad. Um, yeah. There, there's a whole lot of whole lot about it, and you can kind of see parallels between other um, other ones, other shootings that have happened in the last year that match up with this guy's background as well. So, games are not this, games are not the issue. It's things that are going on in their life.
1: Yeah. Um, so somebody brought up uh, there was a big Twitter thread about it, mm-hmm. um, and one of the big things was, is you know, it's not that
3: games are violent, like that's not the problem, and that's not what causes these things, but they did
1: say that gaming and the gamer community
0: does have an issue, not so much about games being
1: violent, but about the way that um, emotions and, like, interaction interpersonal interaction and that kind of stuff
3: happens in the way that um, often like some people within the community um,
1: are like made to feel like it's okay to lash out at people for not agreeing with them on certain aspects of things or whatever and like not teaching those interpersonal skills to be able to mediate differences or mediate issues outside of screaming and raging while you're playing games and doing that kind of stuff and, and they were just saying that because it's something that we don't often talk about or we don't often try to fix or deal with within the gaming community, things like this can happen where somebody does get upset and does get angry and it ends up having this massive uh, so to
0: problematic. To that effect, while well, well, I agree, yes, the toxicity in gaming, it's yep. like ridiculous to a degree, um, like to ninth degree, it's ridiculous. On the flip side of that, the other part that if you got if you go and look at the guy's background, there are things like um, previous previous things. Uh, he wasn't mentally stable to begin with. But you I, know, I, it's and, always it's always
1: blamed on uh, mental illness and things like that. Whenever something like this does mm-hmm. happen. and I agree that uh, so it's g- taking that course of mm-hmm.
0: action uh, probably means that there is something going on with you mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but emotionally is also a huge portion of that. Right, I think it doesn't get talked about enough. Right, no, and that I was I wasn't finished. Yeah. Um, so on top of that, there were uh, instances where they've looked at in the background of the guy, and there were times where he was emotionally reaching out, right? But it wasn't recognized, and it just kind of all accumulated into that unfortunate event on um, for for them. So yeah. condolences to the families yeah. of the victims yeah. and to.
1: to uh, major uh, streamers within that community
0: Mm -hmm. um, and
1: major esports athletes within that community. Mm -hmm. Um, One one other thing that came up around that, and especially as an organization or a group that focuses on in-person events and getting a lot of people together, um, there were some calls for uh, the organizers of the uh, event or EA and stuff like that not having good enough security mm-hmm. or not having those types of things. Um, and I think it's interesting because the, the gaming community, um, and especially the esports community, has been a community that's been built out of these like neighborhood events and like backyard events and things where it's like, hey, we're throwing this thing together. Let's get as many people there as we can. Um, and you, know, you don't want to have metal detectors or a police presence or whatever at those types of things especially when they're smaller but as they grow, you know, how do you at least assure people of safety precautions and things like that?
0: Um, I think that's a discussion that we as the event planning gaming event planning community need
1: to have some discussions about. I mean even um, you know, larger uh, or smaller large scale events that are only 200, 300, 500 people To what degree do we need to worry about security for that type of stuff? Um, You know, I know for the IGDA, um, whenever they have the winter party, there's always at least uh, one or two police officers on site because of our alcohol situation. But that also does allow for some safety precautions to kind of be built into the event. So, you know, at at what degree when you're having these events that really are the
0: lifeblood of the esports community, how do you I also think it. Help I think it comes down to the volunteers as well, the people that are being volunteer at the. But it's kind of unfair to kind of toss it yeah, back onto them at the same time, because yeah. um, you have to tell them how, like, what. It, it goes beyond just look for looking for a suspicious suspicious person. Yeah. Well, and right? especially when people aren't trained <clears throat> uh, psychology. in
1: psychology or or in those types of things to have. The security of an event rely on volunteers that are not trained and not paid. Um, whatever they they should be focusing on making sure that the event runs smoothly. Um, you know, I think that sometimes building a you know a slight presence into the event. I don't think you have to have metal detectors for all this kind of stuff. Um, and hopefully, you live in states where it's not concealed carry or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. That gets into a whole other discussion, but mm-hmm. again, um, you know, I just I think it's something that is or has been on the minds of people recently because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is a good thing to think
0: about. Mm-hmm. So, Agreed. I'm curious. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I will move on now. Uh, so one thing that has broke, uh, Kotaku wrote an article called "The Sexism in Right uh, in Right." Yeah. Right. They gave a they gave a deep dive into just the culture that is Riot. And uh, since then, more and more news has come out about it. Uh, One of them being a previous developer out of them who talks about why he left. He left in 2014, uh, and he's just now coming out about it because at the time, he felt uh, because of
3: mm,
0: what am I trying to say? He's just now coming out about it because it is out in the air. Right. And he's letting us know that it's it's been there since he since he was there. Right. Before he left, after he left, it's always been there. Um, One of his points that he had the hardest time with is a career seminar that happened. And the they put on to their slides and in a lot of their promotional material for, for recruiting. No does not always mean no. Um, For a lot of people, that is a rape joke. It is not okay. And when he tried to approach leadership about that, he received a whole bunch of reasons. And I've, uh, he received a whole bunch of reasons as to why it didn't mean what he thought it meant, right? They were justifying their use of it. And he wasn't okay with that. And it kind of killed his career at riot. And he decided that was it. He wasn't going to have it anymore. Um, So this is just another long string of things. Going back to talking about PAX West, Riot was at PAX West. And they put on a seminar that was dedicated to LGBTQ plus, uh, people. And the comment section of that one article was, whew, they weren't buying it. They, they don't think um, it's just a snake shedding skin sort of thing. It doesn't change who the snake is right? And so they just immediately <laughs> start shutting it down one at another. Um, so the conversation was pretty well, pretty natural. I mean, I think
1: that, so as somebody who plays League of Legends, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have a group of friends that lol is how we stay in touch with each other yeah, yeah. and how we maintain our friendship. Um, but, you know, as, as somebody who plays it, um, I still also think that, like, there is... Potential where if the leadership took it seriously, or if um, there really was a strong movement uh, within the organization to uh, make a change to how they deal with their hiring practices and things like that. I don't know if you fully explained like what happened, but so um, a lot of women, especially that that worked at
0: Riot, um, right? We talked only... about a, a couple
1: podcasts ago. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, um, but. Um,
0: this is just a continuation. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. But but so, I mean, like the thing is, is that, you know, if the, the leadership's response when kind of called out about it um, was pretty much like, oh, well, like we don't discriminate, but we also feel like it, we owe it to our gamers and we owe it to our fans um, and passionate community to have people that work on the game have a very strong, knowledge of and passion for the game as well. Um, And I can understand wanting to feel that way, um, but at the same time, like determining who has a passion through your hiring process outside of, hey, have you played the game? Would you be willing to play it on a regular basis with other people within our organization or within the community Um, is one thing, but also when the community is as toxic as it is, um, it's hard to want to get into a game like that even if it's the game you're supposedly working on. If you're a woman, if you are any sort of minority, like my my dad is Ghanaian and African. My username since middle school and my gamertag has been Mr. Africa, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people laugh at, whatever, that's fine. But like, I can't tell you how many racial jokes I get upon starting up the game on a regular basis within that. And like, yeah, um, if I can, often I'll report those people and just be like, look, like, or I'll call them out in the game and just be like, look, like, get over it. Like, why would you even say that? Like, you're only saying that because my name is Mr. Africa. But again, it's just like, there's,
0: there's a toxicity, there's an immaturity within the community, and it's the gaming community in a
1: lot of ways, in a lot of areas. Um, I don't know, I'm going down
0: no, but, I, I get what but, you're coming but so I yeah. think that like
1: when the leadership is like, well, we're either worried that we're gonna lose our passionate gaming audience if we lax our regulations on who actually works here, or if we don't keep this community. But it's it's an issue that happens. I work with the startup community a lot mm-hmm. too, and the startup community has an issue of uh,
3: homogeneity uh, homogeneity within their organizations. What do you mean them, by that homogeneity? Um, as in like hiring similar minded. Mm -hmm.
1: because it helps for, you know, quick startup. If we all think the same way and we want to start a podcast or we want to do something, we can all kind of go on our own, do it, and and with no conflict. But that also allows for a lack of diversity, which down the road leads to issues like this where you have this kind of one-track mind and people aren't thinking about the other aspects of like, well, how does this affect this community or this community?
0: One thing that was pointed out is that because they are choosing to hire people that are all about lull, right? They are effectively killing off fresh ideas, right? And that they're not allowing a fresh again, yeah, fresh perspectives and yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're on the same. We're we're heading towards the same way on that one. Um, so it's just it just. It's going to be interesting to see how they pull themselves out of it, is what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: and I think, again, like my whole point is that
0: they don't see themselves doing
1: anything wrong, or they see it as a PR nightmare, not, hey, we've been running our organization, or we've been having our hiring practices. Possibly we should be looking at it in a different route, Mm -hmm. or in a different way. And like, it's really hard to admit a weakness or admit failure on your part, Um, But sometimes you have to be able to look at yourself and say like, hey, I'm doing something wrong. I need to fix it. And as an organization, I think that's something that Riot still has not taken full ownership over the toxicity of their community or things like that. It's like, well, it's a a problem, but we don't know how to fix it. So we're not going to.
3: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that that's
2: something. It's, yeah. it's tough when you have a blind spot and you literally just can't see it. Yeah. You're trusting somebody else's vision when they can't see yeah. it. Like, they can tell you it's there, but if you don't see it, what are you going to So, what did you guys talk
0: about on Friday, Daniel?
2: What did we talk about on Friday? Um, we spent a good deal of time talking about the this new Spider Man game, which has had a lot of buzz and excitement yeah. for a while now. Um, But I guess some of the preliminary promo footage or screenshots that came out showed a very, there's a particular alley that has uh, a giant puddle. And now is the game
1: out or they've just released more promotional material? The advanced copies, there are people that are playing it okay, uh, and have found that some of the graphical integrity is less so. And, and some people are comparing it to Watchdogs and things like that and it's like I don't know the game hasn't come out yet right not right. um, yet yeah. well or like, like people haven't fully gotten it in their hands um, but there's there's kind of two aspects to the debate conversation right now and one is like the people are like oh like how dare they trick us into wanting to get a Spider-Man game yeah. and it's like the other side is like your ridiculous Spider-Man game. You're gonna get it. Like you haven't played it yet. Once you play it, if you really hate it or if the gameplay is bad, then you can
2: complain about it. But this one
1: puddle not being there
2: or yeah. something—I don't know. It's... And I guess the developers are like, we, we just thought it looked better, smaller. Yeah. Than like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah. not like we couldn't handle having a bigger puddle. It just, yeah better this way. It was too shiny before.
0: Yeah. So it's, the mm-hmm. internet likes to rage. Uh, you guys also talked about the new world, uh, MMO. It is Amazon's new MMO that is taking advantage of their cloud server. Yeah, it's called New World, and I'm re- I'm looking through the article is, right now. Is it published by Amazon? It's published by Amazon. Why is Amazon? Is first line that goes here. Why is Amazon making an MMO other than the fact that it can? <laughs> it's pretty much it. It, it just can. Uh, the game is made by Amazon Game Studios' Orange County team, which was formerly known as Killer Instinct and Silent Hill's coming developer, Double Helix. I didn't know that they, that they bought them. So oh, I didn't know. Wow. Okay. Wow. Behind in the news, this is why follow us for the news it's not always timely but you'll get Except it for, <laughs> 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 there we go that's the podcast name not always timely but you'll get it alrighty uh, so yeah it's got a few it, so reading through this it sounds pretty interesting it is new world is a is a mixture of MMO and survival games set in like a 17th century environment and it looks like it's trying to be one of the most it allows players to pretty much do anything that you want in a survival game while warring over a continent, right? So this is, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of MMOs because mostly a lot of the times uh, some communities get toxic fast. It sounds like they got ahead of it before Fallout 76 did. Because this is sounding sort of like a Fallout 76 style thing. Um, not the whole 1950s, 1960s aspect, but the survival aspect of it. That's interesting.
1: They also announced Crucible, a third-person game. I just, I, if you go to amazongames.com, uh, they have, it's like Amazon Game Studios, and there's two games they have on there. One is New World, and one is Crucible, um, human and alien competitors with unique weapons and abilities um, fighting against each other. So, I don't know. It, but it's interesting that Amazon is putting a lot more time and effort into um, the game stuff. They've For a long time, they've been pushing Amazon Web Services, and they've been pushing, um, formerly, the Cry. And lumber yard I think is what's called the lumber yard uh, game development engine um, so uh, I guess the next logical step would then be having games made directly under their brand um, so cool to cool to see that I'm interested to see where that goes um,
3: I don't know how far along in development they are but um, if it comes out
1: anytime in the somewhat near future I'm excited to download it. Maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I really enjoyed the grind of MMOs. That's the hard
0: part. So I can't. I'm playing Horizon New Dawn. Yeah, Zero
3: Dawn.
0: Yeah, thank you. Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. And there's a lot about it that I just can't get behind right now. I'm not very far in the story, so. Uh, But the grind. The grind is the hardest part for me. I just, I can't handle it. That's why I couldn't play Monster Hunter for a very long yeah. time. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm like, just, I can't I kill like one or mm-hmm. two beasts and get everything I need? No, I gotta go kill the thing like 20 times. Ugh. <laughs> it.
2: pieces of it all, Yes. Capture it and then go look at it. And like, if you don't, area, if
0: you kill it before you, before you cut the pieces off, yeah. then you gotta start the mission all over again. It's just a hassle. <sighs> kudos to you for loving the grind it it depends
1: on the game and it depends on the grind but i guess for me it's like i enjoy um, i also like really like leveling up stats i know how weird that sounds but like (laughs) i love games where it's like you do something and by doing that it levels up your stats not just here's a bunch of experience points go in quick yeah go min max it like i like going out and like improving my two-handed weapons score by fighting something with two-handed weapon We're doing pull-ups and Metal Gear Solid <laughs> that like yeah Metal Gear Solid 2 sitting in that like opening area just doing pull-ups so that you have like the best group strength like so much fun
0: <laughs> not get, fun but like <laughs> no no an, you said it it's an fun enjoyable part of the game. <laughs> I get obsessive with things like MMOs or Monster yep. Hunter World it's not like for me I don't have the sort of addicted addictive personality mm-hmm. where it, it goes on for years yeah. but in short spurts so yeah.
2: for like a month it'll be all I think about it when I discover a new food mm-hmm. that I like that's all I'll eat for like a month but then I'm done really? and I could not have it for 10 years wow. I'm fine yeah, I don't know is there a food like that for you right now? right now? no, no. I've been back in the uh, in the in the ramen oh okay food. yeah I got Do you... re- reliving the college okay days, like guess. like
1: like just like uh stovetop ramen. Sure. Yeah, with okay. maybe like uh, bratwurst or okay. or egg. You at least like, like make it somewhat. Yeah. Do you do, do you add spices outside mm. of the flavor packets? Yes. Okay, yeah, me too. Lots of
2: cayenne and like sometimes Italian as spicy, spicy
1: <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Cool. I like that. I have some friends that uh, when like I've gone like to the bars or like with them before and we'll get back and they'll like make ramen and like the amount of spice they put on the ramen is like it's definitely drunk amounts of spice like all of us do yeah. all this um, but it's just funny to see this like piled high with spices um, on top of ramen. Now, are you somebody since she's still looking at news um, are you somebody who does like do you, do you keep a lot of the broth for yourself or do you strain off a lot of
0: the expansion of topic product. ladies I mean, and gentlemen we're yeah. <laughs> <More, more laughs>
1: primarily noodles I keep
2: the broth uh, okay. me yeah. too
0: I love the broth like, yeah. That's, yeah okay I us Jang- well, yeah. back from yeah. from it so yeah. there were two articles that I was quickly reviewing one of them was Fallout 76 Can I? sorry what's that
1: what about a ramen, ramen <laughs> like where you grind to get the like ingredients <laughs> for your ramen the and then you just make ramen yeah, yeah. I would totally be down
0: with it. I feel like yeah. that would be a part of like a Naruto game.
2: You yeah. have to build up different stats yeah. to be, to even be creative enough yeah. to build more advanced yeah. And even like boiling water stats. So
0: ID like, is copy marked. Copy marked. Well, I guess is you could like, like build the
1: fire, so like however high you can get the fire and like if that's like a part of the skills that you're growing, then like the water will take
0: less time to
2: boil. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Sorry, so uh, Fallout 76. So Fallout 76. <laughs> Sell the ramen you
2: don't need yeah, <laughs> to save up money for better tennis. No, okay, exactly right. Yeah, I'm
0: going to yeah. turn this thing off. Yeah. It's just podcast <laughs> over right here. Uh, so Fallout 76, it's, uh, a lot of people are kind of on the fence about it yeah. because they're taking it to the MMO style, and it's a question of whether or not there's going to be a single-player game, yeah. while Peter Hines, one of the creators of Fallout, has come out and said, it's still going to have everything you want. Uh, He he talked specifically about uh, playing as an introvert and how there are still things for you to do and be a part of the game without having to go and be a part of big groups and and do things. So you can choose to do big quests, or you can do something that's as small as, I don't know, repair your rifle. So that's cool. Uh, This is actually something that I find really interesting. So video games... In the first half of 2018, have outsold movies. Mm-hmm. Outsold movies. Uh, they the the total total industry consumer spending on video games in the U.S. increased 40 percent to 19.5 billion for the first half. Sweet. For the no, first half. I mean part of
1: that. One thing that I don't know if they talk about in that, but like. Like, movies have a very limited scope of what you can be charged for, per se. Like, you, you can go and you pay money to go to the theater. You pay money to rent. You pay money to buy. can't microtransaction.
2: Yeah, exactly,
1: right? But, yes. like, there are some games where, like, I've spent hundreds of dollars on games through
2: microtransactions or through yeah. whatever. Um, whereas, I don't know. And- I've maybe bought, like, a box
1: set before but I don't think I've ever spent... Okay, that's a lot. Like, I've gone to, like, the Draft House before and spent <laughs> over $100. But, like, just on individual movies, yeah. I usually don't spend over
0: $100. Okay, so Sorry. to go, to your effect, no, you're right. Uh, the, the titles, like you said, movies don't have microtransactions unless you count the concession stands. Uh, but... Games do, and the games that they list here all have microtransactions. So Candy Crush is one of the top. You have Far Cry 5, Fortnite, which is really making waves, God of War, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, and Roblox. Those are the top five games. Surprise Overwatch is included. Oh.
1: That's
0: really interesting. Right. Then, they're, then they tallied up like soft. Cool. So, they, so they kind of broke it into two different categories. They broke it into the software, which is what they call as the games, and then the hardware, which okay. is the consoles. And so then they start getting into the consoles. So Xbox One and plug-in devices such as Nintendo's Super NES Classic Edition and other hardwares, uh, they've increased 21% to 1.7 billion during the first half of the year. And uh, mobile games are also a rising trend here, as well as PC. So those are kind of the behemoth that movies are having to go up against. But like you said, they're they're not, movies aren't subjected to the same things as games. They don't have those microtransactions. But at the same time, I think movies get a lot better traction worldwide sometimes in the long haul.
1: Like, I mean, I guess, yeah, the international market is probably larger for movies than it is for, mm-hmm. I don't know, though. Because I'm at mobile game market in South Korea and Japan. Ridiculous. It's like, that is ridiculous.
2: And yeah. That's all
1: microtransactions. So, yeah. Um, very interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like seeing more and more studies
0: about. Actually, look, now that i think about it, this news, because I brought this up as well during the Tuesday group, Uh Shoot, where was I going with it?
1: So, speaking of Fortnite, just in that discussion of money being spent on games, um, Scott and I were talking yesterday, uh, okay, where? He, and mm-hmm. he brought up uh, that
2: like some like there was like a weekend uh, event for some new um,
1: some new game that's coming out, and I can't think of what it was. Um, but they basically like reached out to ninja and a few other like major streamers um, and like the initial quote for a weekend worth of uh, like streaming the game was gonna be like three million dollars uh, for this like small group of streamers to do it and I think they ended up talking them down to like three hundred thousand dollars but still like over a weekend to stream a, a new game that's not even fully out yet um, just like, crazy money gets spent on, on that type of stuff and in that, that market and that scene. So, um, yeah, it's just, I think that... There's money... an
0: influence in marketing.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Mm, and but, it's but, crazy. Yeah. It's just, like, that. that's something that's going to continue happening and continue to grow. And so, like, the, the gaming market has so much more growth potential. I mean, even just the esports side of things is in its infancy right now in, in comparison to like where I can see it going and when, where it seems like it's going to be going so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting
0: to see. what did you realize oh so when we were talking about it one of the topics that we brought up at the Tuesday was last Tuesday was movies based off of games mm-hmm. that were good yeah there aren't a whole lot of them
1: <laughs> yeah. I think one of the best video game movies is Live, Die, Repeat, or uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Was that a video game movie? It wasn't a video game movie, but it's basically a video game movie. Mm.
0: That, like,
1: amazing. Edge of Tomorrow games. with Tom Cruise? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's a, it's it's a, a manga. great movie.
0: It's based on a manga. Yeah,
1: but but still, like, it's a great movie. It's based on a manga. But like
2: that, to me, is a movie about like the video game experience yeah. in a lot of
1: ways more so than a lot of yeah, I can see that. movies based on games. Yeah. yeah, right. The respawn mechanics and stuff like that. So it's what a good movie. Yeah, right? Yeah. Supposedly there was like a, a sequel being made or something like that, which I don't I don't know. Or something within the same universe or whatever, because everything has to have an extended but I kind of would be okay with that just because I love that movie so much.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, Emily Blunt being the super
2: bad. Yeah, wiped on the floor with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So. And what's his name? I'm completely drawing a blank on his name from Twister. Uh, Bill Paxton. Oh yeah. Bill yeah, Paxton. Yeah. Son, what yeah. the hell were you thinking? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. oh man, what a great movie. Good movie, yeah. Like.
0: Yeah. Did you guys yeah. ever see uh, Hardcore Harry? Hardcore Henry. Yes, thank you. The, Hardcore um, the Henry. It's like VR or like first person. It's all first person. Yeah. It's got one of the most convoluted plots yeah. that I've seen in a movie. <laughs> it's just so bad. Like I like the idea of it. They you know, they tried to do something like that. The industry tried to do something like like that first person shoot when they did Doom. Remember the movie Doom? Yeah. Uh in that they, they had that one scene where he goes into rage mode and he clears the corridors and stuff like that. So hardcore Henry is just that—the entire movie—and it is just—I don't even know what to tell you. It's an experience. Yeah.
1: Is, this on, <laughs> is this on Netflix? Uh, it, it was uh, when it was first released. It was like on Steam. Um, I'm—I can check if it's streaming. Have you? There's this app called Just Watch, um, and it's great. You can put in like all the streaming platforms you're on. And then just like search for movies and it'll tell you if it's on any of those platforms
0: or where you can like rent it or buy it. Not a sponsor. Yeah, not a sponsor. (laughs) They're welcome to
1: sponsor if they want to. Uh, It's still loving. But um, yeah, I'm not... uh, Is this a PS1? Yeah. um, I'm not like a huge... And I don't know how I feel about first person movies.
0: Um, I'm not a huge fan of them because I'm not like as much as I like
1: v r and I like V r experiences, I'm also not actively seeking out like full escapism. I guess if mm-hmm. that makes sense like I enjoy watching movies for the story and or for like what's going on within it, not to have myself feel like I'm a part of said story like that's why I play video games if I want to feel engaged, I want to be able to actually have an effect on what's going on but if it's like I'm seeing something from my perspective but I can't actually act on it it either I guess feels like I'm in a dream where I have no say over what's going on yeah. or I just I feel like I, I can't get fully immersed because I feel like I should be able to do stuff but then I'm like forced to sit and watch through my own eyes which is a <laughs> weird feeling for me. So so I, I stay away from first person movies I guess unless it's <clears> an <throat> aspect of like, if, if one scene is in first person because it's trying to get you into the head of the protagonist or whatever, I can do with that. But it's, when it's the entire movie, it's
2: kind of
0: right. weird. Yeah. The, uh, the thing that I recently really, really hate in films right now yeah. is the shaky cam whenever there's an action scene happening. Yeah. Like, I just want to see oh. two guys, like, punch their faces in. Like, Thank please them. stop shaking the camera, everybody. For- yeah, like, okay, so the Harry Potter, one of the Harry Potter She's movies... Had a huge, I think it was like, was it this part one of seven? That, of the seventh movie. Oh, where they're running through the woods. Yeah, and, and it was just, just... And it was just like all those um, shaky cam moments. And it just yeah. made it really hard to just watch. Like, I get what you're trying to do. I get I get why they're doing it. Yeah. But I want to watch it. I yeah. paid the money to watch it. Let me watch it. I mean,
2: if you're pay... <laughs> choreographer to orchestrate such beautiful you know on-screen scenes like that like let us see it though. Uh-huh. That's, that, yeah. I think
0: that's why I like foreign action films a lot is that they figured out how to do it without being over the top with the shaky cam.
1: That being said have you seen like Saving Private Ryan or any like war movies where they use maybe not shaky cam but they use a lot of like jarring like movements within the, oh,
0: yeah. the
2: cinematography um I I I've never seen Saving Private Ryan because I was supposed to see it as part of a birthday party when I was a kid and then at the last minute my buddy changed the movie we were going to go see to the parent trap so, so I got a migraine and went home <laughs> and I've never seen Saving Private Ryan since I, <laughs> I love
1: the uh the moment in the parent trap where Lohan and Lindsay Lohan are looking at each other, and they're like, "We're sisters." What? <laughs> and it's like you have the same face. Like, of course, you're sisters. Plot like, <laughs> mm. uh, twist! Plot
0: twist!
1: Yeah. So.
0: Dum dum Cool. Any else? <clears throat> well, I was going to ask if you guys had an expansion topic because normally this is the time in the episode Raman. when we. Raman, I'm yeah. not we doing do expansion talk. So,
1: so as, as a composer and as somebody who works on. Is there like a genre that you would use for this ramen? <laughs>
2: how, would, how would you use auto tune on a bunch of slurping? Ooh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. I probably would do that. No, that would be horrible.
1: So, how much slurp is too much slurp?
0: When it comes about as long to- as this conversation <laughs> has gone. So <laughs> how much slurp is too much slurp. <laughs> you told me, you missed me I was Oh, I take it back. I'm just... what, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't. Oh, well, I'm you thinking. Right What's your budget? For okay, look. So I've got a lot of complaints about the first, like, hour, two hours that I played of Hi- Hi- Horizon Dawn. Yeah. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I've got a lot of complaints on it. Um, and I'll take that into our expansion topic. But let's first go into our shout outs. <laughs> Uh, So, of course, as always, thank you to Nerdvana, who has been freaking amazing about letting us continue to use their booth uh, here. We have a fun time anytime we come here to do our club stuff, and they're amazing when they make me my London Fogs. It's the very first thing they ask me when I walk through the door at the usual and I'm always happy uh, so thank you to them as always thank you to Trey who's been super awesome about helping us get the podcast together he's put to uh, when I was freaking out over not having the first half of it he kind of calmed me down and said we'll just figure it out record it record a little opening and then we'll he'll take it from there so he's super awesome for doing that thank you so much Trey and always Anwar who has been working really hard we had a little bit of a snafu last week because we didn't have everything in place, and Anwar put up the wrong episode. He put up 23, 28 at the same, um, again, <laughs> as 29, uh, but he was really quick it, quick to fix it, so thank you to, to Anwar for just being so awesome with that. And thank you, David, for returning. Oh, my, my pleasure.
1: Um, I will try to be more consistent, um, except I'm about to go on, like, two
0: more trips, so. <laughs> I mean, Michael's. A bit, oh, 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 oh! Congratulations to Michael, Yay. who's Woo. in Europe. He just got engaged. So, congratulations, Woo. dude! Happy, happy, happy. I was about to say happy, happy birthday. Oof. Happy, happy. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> happy engagement. But in case we miss it,
2: happy birthday too.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for whenever that is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. So there's one thing. Okay. So have you one, have you played
1: Horizon Zero
0: Dawn? No, I have not. Going into our expansion topic now. So Horizon Zero Dawn. Do you, do you care about spoilers? I
1: mean...
0: It's just, it's just very much the narrative. I'm not going to get into the whole bits of it, right? I'm not going to tell you what's going on in the game. I'm going to tell you what's I mean, I've the part of the game. narrative. I just,
1: because I'm somebody who's very sensitive to spoilers, to jump yes. into a topic and be like, right? I know we didn't say we were going to talk about this at all, but then to jump straight
0: to spoilers. Right, so I'm not, I'm not giving spoilers away of the story. What I'm, what I'm frustrated on is, isn't even the mechanics, actually. It's the way that they are doing their narrative, right? So there's a lot of times when they're delivering the story, they have an opportunity to tell you something, right? So let's say you know the history of my father, and uh, he was like this awesome dude, right? And I come to you and I say, hey, I want to know about my father. And you look at me and go, well, your father was a man. Okay, now you must go out into the wilds to find him. And that, I'm like, no, no, you know why my father just went into the wild. just yes, him. intentionally, right. and it frustrates me. S- Using that as a way to move your narrative forward ticks me off. so
1: i I understand what you're saying in some degrees because some of the narrative is told like through game mechanics of like, go out and then as you're doing it you're like kind of remembering stuff or you're mm-hmm. like like that is that but all like within the narrative of the game it's a very like cloistered society and like there are like there's this whole outcast part of the world and part of the society and so like part of the narrative within the very beginning is like I shouldn't even be talking but I'm going to be. And so like it, it is a part of the story and it's a part of the overarching narrative throughout like why your character is in the position she's in, is doing the quest that she's doing. And so like to some degree it makes sense. There is narrative cohesion between why you're not being told certain aspects of your past and/or your family's
0: past or whatever. But so in the beginning of the game where I'm at right? When you're talking to them, they already tell you that they don't know. They don't. They do. They tell you that they don't know. But there are other little things. And the reason I can't get into them because spoilers, um, but there are other little things that you ask, right? At this point, you've already proven yourself. You become who you are. You're getting ready to go make journey into the wide world, right? And you ask a question and they just keep giving you roadblocks after roadblocks, even though they know the information they just don't want to tell it to you for no reason. There isn't a good reason because at this point they've told you that you were you had the right to know it, right? So that that is my huge frustration, and I see this time and again in the games. The second thing, and I, I and I understand why why this is really hard for game writers. The second thing that I don't really care for is when you make the choices, right? They'll repeat the question back to you, right? So so you, I come up to you. And you tell you tell me a whole bunch of things. Your father's this amazing man. Great, uh, but then I come back to you and say, "You said my father was an amazing man," and I'm like, "No, don't just get on with the story. Why are yeah. you repeating the yeah. question back to me? I don't understand." Right. right. Dialogue, dialogue is is a struggle for a lot of people. I know, um, mm-hmm. especially within the
1: game world. Right. Writing writing
2: good dialogue. Right. Well, and I'm with you, like, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I I understand because I, you know, my minor was in creative writing. I've I've done a lot of Mm -hmm. writing on the side over the years, Um, and I, you know, can't help but but be critical when I'm watching TV or anything. Like, I think about how would I do this. Mm -hmm. One One of the things, like you're describing, that bothers me more than just about anything is, like, intentionally creating drama just by having people communicate like morons. Yeah. It's like, they, they would not communicate this way. Like, any sensible person would say more than they're saying. It's the, like, cell phone problem in scary movies where it's like,
1: somebody's in the house, okay, just call 911. Oh, the phone line's cut. It's like, you have a cell phone. you can call. Yeah. Like, just... Oh,
0: but that's why they're in a cabin using, in the woods.
1: Yeah, using <laughs> narrative or, or, like, using elements as a limiter when it's, like, should be easily yeah. fixable. Like
0: yeah. It just it comes across feeling lazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could come up with another
2: way of making me feel the tension yeah. and the drama mm-hmm. than just having me communicate like more.
0: So on on, the, on so for that they used that same sort of story style as well in God of War, the new God of War, mm-hmm. right? Where he was unintentionally not wanting, like he was not wanting to tell his son about him. But that's like, and that that makes sense, yeah. right? I agreed with that. I'd not agree with it on this one. No. Just it's because again, it's they're using the obscurity just to progress the narrative forward, and they have enough things happening to move that narrative forward without having to do that. It's, it's interesting that you bring up God of War
1: in relation to Horizon Zero Dawn because they're both like these, like, like not Nordic. I guess that's more like Scottish, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. is what it seems like that aesthetic. Aesthetic is, um, but this like kind of Norse. Mm-hmm. mythology and or like it, it's a similar aesthetic for God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn outside of the Horizon Zero Dawn being far future with
0: mm-hmm. technique mm-hmm. right. so I'm not very far in the game but there were a couple of things that were just a little too hard for me uh, to get over just the fact that they I, I get dialogue is hard have, have you ever played a game where the dialogue was like super solid
1: yeah, Earthbound. Okay, I so don't mm-hmm. hate me. I've actually never played Earthbound. It it's okay, it's no, I know it's it's it's, it's it's one of those games that I I want to pick up. It took me forever to pick up Chrono Trigger, um, which was one that I like. It fits me perfectly because I love that style of game. I love anything incorporating time travel and or like the effects of time travel, whatever. So it's amazing that it took me as long as it did. Earthbound seems like a
2: game that I would thoroughly enjoy as well from everyone that's ever talked about it. It's, it's just one of the best localizations I've, I've ever seen, and it's for, especially for when it came out. Yeah. Because, I don't know, like, back in that era where everything was kind of forced to be high fantasy, just people talking yeah. very big and epically, and this was just quirky, yeah. zany, yeah. fun dialogue. Yeah. I, don't know, it's, I mean...
1: I would say, like, Undertale was. Now, again, like, the dialogue within it is, like, a different type of dialogue. It's not trying to show me how people really talk or whatever, but, like, I, the, the narrative, the dialogue, everything within that game was just, like, super enjoyable for me.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like, but,
1: but I also, like, as much as I love dialogue, I also don't expect amazing dialogue from especially games but
0: I'm gonna have to disagree I, a I, like it's it, <clears throat> I love when
1: I find great dialogue right. in games but one because a lot of times the games that I like to play have different choices that can be made or whatever mm-hmm. like writing perfect dialogue across the board for all of that all of these branching stories or like all of the different
0: Oh, no, no, I get it. And, I I mean, even looking at it critically, like, I expect a level of of dialogue and story to be done in AAA. Like, I I expect it to be really polished because they are putting a lot behind it, right? Versus an indie game, I won't expect it to be as polished because they're much more limited, right? So I get that. Uh, I just still... The, the games that I always go back to are the ones like um, Spyro, you know, the classic ones, Spyro, Jack and Daxter. Uh, what was another one? Resistance was really good, and that was from Second Front. The Spyro. All it's... I can think of
2: is the word artist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of those games were, were kind of where I got a lot of my inspiration for story and whatnot. Uh, there was another one. Shoot, I just lost it. Oh, um, Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper Cooper was great. Right. They had just enough, they had enough, it was very whimsical. Right? A lot of those games were very whimsical. And the whimsical stuff in dialogue
2: makes that, because video games do have a tendency, I feel, to have very, like, hammy, over-the-top acting.
3: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: because I guess the uncanny ballet stuff that there's limited emoting that can be done oh yeah that's
0: that was one thing that was very hard like the girl figure the little girl you play you play as a little girl uh for a little bit to teach you it's your tutorial level you play as as her as she's six years old and she just looked weird I could not get over how weird she looked could not but you were saying well
2: I I and I guess that just kind of blends to like the you know, the, the Shakespeare, mm-hmm. Shakespearean era of, of acting where everything's just big and over the top and not very natural mm-hmm. acting. I would, I would love a Shakespearean game. Okay.
1: <laughs> you would. Or just like a game. Everything's calculated. <laughs> yeah. Or just, or like a game. Like, I mean, like The Lion King is Hamlet, right? Like, mm. I would love a game that uses, and I'm sure there are lots out there. I was about to just say there is. you told me about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Shakespeare
3: has its, like, template, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That'd
2: be really interesting. But that makes the whimsical stuff, I feel, a lot easier to swallow. Because it's (laughs) big and over the top, but it's just absurd and
0: silly. Speaking of whimsical, uh, Child of Light. I I mentioned this before.
2: Is that the horror one?
0: No, Child of Light is done by Ubisoft. It's an Ubisoft game. And it is based off of the Sleeping Beauty based off of Sleeping Beauty. The thing that I loved about that game, it's another one of those where you kind of have to grind a couple of times to get through certain levels, and it doesn't always teach you or tell you where you need to go so you're kind of floundering about for a while. But one of the things that I loved is actually the dialogue, because they're rhyming off of each other. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's the entire time, right? I, I've said it at the club a lot of yeah. times. I, I, I played Shadow Light a couple months ago. I didn't I fully finish the game, but I got good halfway through it. And every single instance, the dialogue becomes horrible after that happens. <laughs> no, every single instance, no matter who the character is, they talk off of, they bounce off of each other using using rhyme. Right? It's A B. I want to say it's A B rhyme. There's one character in there that throws the rhyme scheme yeah. off, and then another one that tries to correct them. Yeah. And I love that. There's such a nice. It, it combines that kind of whimsical serious story style together and I love that that would be one that I say meets my criteria yeah. for not being so over the top um, but again if I had to be like what not to do so far Horizon Zero Dawn is like what I don't like yeah. and I don't feel any emotional connection to her a lot like I didn't feel any an emotional connection to Marcus or Kara from Detroit Become Human it's just I don't know I don't know, I I don't know what it is that draws me to games just yet, other than having, other than just that being, being able to take part in something, I guess, right? And I think that's, that's for me where I'm at. Uh, So, I'm kind of winding down here. Uh, Is there anything else? Did I miss anything? No? Okay, well then, if you...
1: I'm looking forward to being at the Thursday and Friday coffee clubs
0: this week, hopefully. Hopefully, we'll keep everybody tuned in whether or not you do show up to. <laughs> on the next
2: podcast. Does David show up to the
0: coffee clubs? Do they keep talking about ramen? <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, man. All right. So, if you want to join the conversation, or if you want to pitch in on how you make your ramen, yeah. go ahead. Join us on Facebook, on the mm-hmm. Discord, on Meetup. It's all VGOCC. We have a new logo. It's going to be going up very soon. Super excited about We're it. i getting tattoos. Yeah, you guys are buying. <laughs> You're <laughs> buying. <laughs> um, so check us out there, or you can join us at our physical locations Thursdays and Fridays. Thursday, we are at the Whole Foods on Run Road. And Friday, we're here at Nirvana. Both clubs start at 8 a.m. Hope to see you guys soon and have a great weekend or oof, have a great week. See you later. <laughs>